On this podcast, two young travelers, Alex Dethrow and Jesse Lanier, will be going on a journey to find the greatest cinematic treasures. Each week, they spin the wheel of fate and allow destiny to decide whether the next few hours will be filled with genius and wonder or boredom and mediocrity. Our heroes hope to unbury hidden gems and share their discoveries with the world through humble conversations and maybe, if they're lucky, better themselves along the way. So welcome, one and all, to The Movie Quest. Hello, and welcome back to this podcast, which has been dubbed The Movie Quest mm-hmm. by myself, Jesse, and my other Alex Deathrow. My other Alex Deathrow. <laughs> <laughs> I have one Alex Deathrow, and then I have my other Alex Deathrow. There's two of them. So, so many Alex. What are you going to get today, Jesse? <laughs> uh, anyways, today we're talking about a Terry Gilliam movie, yeah. which I picked. Uh, yeah. And I had never heard about this movie before. I have no idea how it got on my watch list. Well, at all. I mean, it must have just Terry. been Terry Gilliam. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's funny. I didn't. I didn't even. This movie was like so off my radar. Very similar to Slither. Like two movies that like I, if someone mentioned their name, I would just not recognize it whatsoever. How funny is that though? Uh, this is why this podcast is cool. What other? Yeah, so what t- other? Place, what other? You know, like circumstances we watch that movie. You know, like. Yeah, absolutely. So this was totally a blind watch. Yeah. Um, and Terry Gilliam, we're both a fan of Terry Gilliam. Yeah. Uh, everyone's a little bit of a fan of Terry Gilliam, sure. whether yeah. they know it or not, yeah. because everyone likes Monty Python, or most people do. Right. Um, and Terry Gilliam if is you have also... A heart. If you have a heart, you probably are a bit of a fan of Terry Gilliam. Um, I love his Monty Python some, some work. work. That is yeah. he, he's also super cool because he switched from... Uh, kind of a similar, similar in one specific sense to Jordan Peele from switching to uh, comedy to very yeah. serious kind of uh, experimental and really excellent directing work. Right, uh, right. Very different in terms of what their work is. Not very similar, yeah. like right. in terms of their their actual work. Mm-hmm. But Terry Gilliam was super interesting because he went from making directing and working on hyper interesting comedy absurd and comedy. absurd stuff. Yeah. And then making these incredible movies yeah, yeah, that incredible were mind bending yeah. and funny, but mostly like profound. In the eighties, the nineties, the eighties and the nineties. Yeah, yeah. And and my favorites, uh, the ones the ones I know, uh, are is Time Bandits, Baron Munchausen, right, right. and Brazil. I haven't seen Munchausen yet. Oh, you really? You haven't no, seen that? No. Oh, that's really, really great. I like that. I like that better than Time Bandits. Uh, oh, okay, yeah, uh, yeah. Really, is just really fun. great. Is really fun. Yeah, yeah. That's a super fun movie. Yeah. Super great. Um, and th- uh, yeah. that's that's his that's his imagination yeah. trilogy, which is also. Oh, I don't know that. Uh, I think that's kind of what he calls it. Well, calls this his one's imagination Time trilogy. Bandits, Brazil. Yeah. And uh, yes, yes, those ones, those ones, and Brazil's also more in more dystopian than the other ones. Uh, 
uh, but the the one yeah. will cap it off. And Brazil's really the one that is kind of his magnum opus I, is the Brazil movie. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll call that, like, my relationship with Canary Killian, too, because, yeah, like, I had this in my watch list, too. This was, like, a, you know, this has happened, like, maybe once or twice where we both had a movie, and it just happened to, you know, so maybe we're going to talk about yeah. this movie anyway, like, if, I, if it was my turn or whatever, like, it was it might have happened again. Um, Terry yeah. Gilliam, yeah, is a filmmaker that, like, I, um, I, I love. Um, I think Brazil is, um, is, like, a, is a genuine, like, masterpiece. Like, I think that film is, like, um, unlike yeah, any, any movie. And, um, it's so unique in the vision. Like, what you were saying, like, earlier is, like, What's it, the the connection to Jordan Peele is really interesting because like like I think Terry Gilliam is like more like you can see like his movies are still very funny like he still has a lot of humor in his films especially movies like Brazil and yes. and Time Bandits that have like a very much like you can see like yeah I see the Monty Python you know uh, scenes in 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 those films. But he, he's also made things like The Fisher King, which started... Yeah, that's true. Zephyr that's another Zeus, great movie. Ron Williams. I love that film. If you haven't seen that movie, um, I, I, I know it's a really underappreciated and like underrated uh, film just in general. I think Ron Williams is a, it's probably his most like, underrated performance. It's like a really um, heart-wrenching and at times like, really hard-to-watch performance, but... You know, even that film, which is like, it's more like a straight up drama, The Fisher King. His eye, Terry Gilliam has this eye that is unlike a lot of people. He, his visual sense and his visual, like, uh, yeah. you know, especially his new song set, especially his set design. Oh, even yeah. like the way he suits Fisher King, it's set in New York, but it feels like a different planet that you're on. Just the way that he yeah. shoots New York in that movie is like very unique to him. Um, yeah, and uh, and super, super creative. Yeah. And I think some of the elements I like is his is his background in like art and animation feels like it's somehow been translated in like that, in the set designs Absolutely. that he has, yeah. where it's almost like um, crafted by hand type yes, of feeling. Yes, absolutely. And uh, also, you didn't mention uh, Fear and Loathing, which is probably his most um, yeah, well-known movie. Yeah, crazy movie. That's probably his most well-known movie, I would say. Other than that, because yeah, he really did direct What of Pop on the Holy Grail. He co-directed that with um, oh, man, another dude from What of Python. Yeah, pretty, but, yeah. Um, I think Fear and Loathing is probably his most like recognizable film like in the culture. Right. Um, and I actually just pop culture. It's funny, film. it just happened that I, I actually just rewatched Fear and Loathing like the other day mm-hmm. uh, because yeah. um, Jared had never seen it. Uh, our buddy, and like, we, I showed it to him. And That's he, gonna happen. But it was pretty funny to watch him. What it su- it's such a crazy movie, and it's so um, interesting and like nuanced and like weird that like I don't know if he was prepared for what he was gonna watch. <laughs> yeah, I think he right. liked it. After I kind of explained to him who Hunter S. Thompson is and kind of like what he was kind of all about, I think he kind of got got it a little bit. But that was the second time or third time I watched Girl Logan. I fucking love that movie. That movie's, yeah. that movie's really, I think, really special. It, it, it makes sense why Garden is being called following because people hated that movie when it came out. It was not well reviewed when, uh, when it came out. But 
Um, anyway, yeah, the Zero Theorem. When did this come out? When did this come this out? This was a 2013 okay. film, which kind of feels like an awkward year to me. Uh, but uh, yeah, I don't why? I, I don't know why. I don't have any reasons for that. It just feels kind of like well, an awkward year. What was I doing in 2013? I was a sophomore in high school in 2013. Maybe that's why it feels awkward, because I was awkward in 2013. I remember, <laughs> it's funny, it's like, I remember, it's, say you, you have never heard of this movie, I remember seeing a trailer for this film. Like, oh, that's I don't interesting. know, like, whatever reason, I think I knew who Christoph Waltz was, this movie stars Christoph Waltz and has a really weird cast, um, but... Christoph Waltz is, in this, is the star of this film, and I, and I knew him, obviously, from the Tarantino films and, and I, you know, and stuff like that. So I think, like, I had seen a trailer. I was aware of it, but I was never... Yeah. But this is a movie that I never had, like, heard anybody talk about or anything. And I am very much not well-versed in, like, post-Fear and Logan Terry Gilliam. Like, he made, like, this movie called The Brothers Grimm with Matt yeah. Damon and Terry Gilliam, or, uh, ter- uh Heath Ledger, never seen that movie. He made, like, um, this movie, and then his last film, I think it was in, like, 2017, it was called The Man from the, the Don Quixote, which yeah. was a really famous, like, a famous, like, almost, like, uh, never-made movies. Like, he was trying to make that movie for decades and decades, and then ultimately yeah, when it came out, that. it just kind of pooped out like no one I've never seen it it might be great but um, I, I I I remember when it came out nothing it was like yeah a lot of kids no one really care about it um and I don't know if he has any plans to like return to cinema uh like I think he's he might be retired um yeah so you know I, I, I'll let you what did you what did you think of this movie well <sighs> That's, I'm conflicted because for me, well, I'll just say it right off the bat. It was a bit of a dud for me. I'll yeah. be straight up honest. Yeah. It was a bit of a dud for me. Yeah. Uh, it's not a trash movie by any stretch of the imagination. And there are many, many things about it that are very cool and yeah. very, very awesome. Uh, it was, it, but overall, the whole picture thing kind of did not resonate with me in the way that Terry, his other stuff has well, in other and just in terms of like, like my experience of movies in general. I mean, you're not a lo- did you just look like at the, the response to this movie? Yes, it's, yeah, very, it, I, and I was yeah, seeing very yeah. much in the in the majority yeah. of having that kind of like blase. Totally agree. It. I, um, it's weird because I I weirdly like this movie, but I totally see the flaws of this. And, like, I'm totally, like, this is not, by any means, like, a Terry Gilliam, you know, it's not, this is, there are a lot of things that I found that I just responded to, like, a lot, like, with the story and kind of, like, um, I don't know, there's a lot, there's a lot of things that I did like about this movie, but ultimately, like, you're, you're absolutely right, where the bigger picture does not, really work. I do think that this movie just, like, completely falls apart. Uh, in, yeah. In the, in the last, like, third of the movie. But there's parts of the world, the characters, what this movie, I, I found to be, like, about, and, like, kind of, like, the point of it, and, like, kind of the, the theme of it. 
I thought it'd be pretty interesting and cool. And I was also thinking about how um, the close this reminded me a lot. We need to mention Twelve Monkeys. That's another uh, great Terry Gilliam right. uh, yeah, sci-fi really film. Cool film. That's another uh, pretty well-known movie. Um, but this reminded me a lot of Brazil. There's a lot of Brazil in this movie, like elements of that film in this. Um, and Twelve Monkeys, like just like stylistically and Nissan Sunwise. It's almost like a combination of those two worlds, like Brazil and uh, 12 Monkeys. Um, and it's yeah. still, the, the world of it, I enjoyed because it was, it was still intact of that satirical nature that he kind of puts into like his, very widely of Brazil that way where like every, almost like everything about the surroundings especially when you when you first see the street when he walks out is like yes. really funny yeah, yeah, yes. Captain jokes it looks amazing it's like really really weird looking and very like dystopian and cool and the design of the movie like was pretty cool but it became very clear to me about halfway through the movie they didn't have a lot of money and so it's set, it's set, mostly set in a really cool location. Like the, That's the, a really good point. I, lives, I hadn't thought of it like that, but that's a good point. He lives in this, like, big uh, cathedral, which yeah. I thought was really cool. It was just a really cool setting. Like, I was like, it actually was only questions, like, how does he live here? Like, is, is this, like, co- you know, commissioned? Because he works for, you know, uh, what a man cave or man cave. Right. Like, man, like how does he live in this, like, big... But it's really beautiful. It looks really, really cool. And it has this, like, yeah, almost, like, steampunk, um, almost, like, this goofiness to it, too. Like, this, like, lo-fi, goofy, like, technology in the movie that is, like, I think supposed to be pretty absurd. Um, and it reminded me, like, weirdly, the look of that White Jones movie, Idiocracy, uh, which is really That's strange. Funny. <laughs> like, the, the future of the Zero Theory of the Idiocracy looked very similar to me, even, like, what they were wearing, which is really interesting. So, I don't know if Kerry Gilliam was, like, got some, like, inspiration from that film or something. That's really like, funny. And the idea of, like, if, you know, because this is obviously set in some near, like, future. You know, uh, like mm-hmm. I would have probably say like a hundred years or two hundred years in the future or something like that, and it's almost like people have gotten dumber, you know, and like especially the way that like, you know, almost the device that he's using for work is like a game controller, you know, like yeah. he's like, which is like really goofy and like satirically kind of funny because it's like. I don't know, like, in order to, and also, like, when they go to his job and they're all pedaling, like, on these exercise bikes, and, like, they have all, the cubicles are all filled with, like, all these stimulants and shit. That, I thought, was pretty cool, like, pretty inventive. Like, I got a lot, I got out of, like, the world in a really cool way, but, like, there's, uh, that's the first thing. That I I responded to the most was just what I was expecting to respond to the most was Terry Gilliam's. I I just like being in his head. 
I just think his yeah. head is cool. And there's the story, I think there are parts of the story that I like, and then there's parts of it that I did not like. And then ultimately, at the end, I was like, that was definitely a gun, but I had a, a good time watching it. I thought it was, you know, interesting. Like, I was never necessarily, like, bored watching it. There were moments where I was like, this does not need to be the movie. Like, I feel like you cut this scene out. But for the most part, like, I feel like for a late Coke Terry Gilliam movie, you know, he's like, you know, he's probably close to 80, like 78 when he made this film. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It's like, you know, I, 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 I'll take it, you know, like it's a, it's a inventive kind of like fun, you know, derivative maybe of like his own work. You know, like you can, yeah, yeah, which is kind yeah, of interesting. Comes up again. It's true. Which yeah. is kind of interesting that it's, he's kind of like returning to some of these themes that he kind of did in, did in his previous work, like the idea of purpose and and connecting with somebody and loneliness and like these are all themes that are kind of woven throughout his film, his whole filmography. So it's kind of interesting to see like that kind of come up again. Um, but yeah, ultimately I did find this like the more the problem with it was like more like the inner workings of the plot. I agree. Yeah, really confusing, and I don't really get it, uh, which is surprising because I usually I usually don't um, I don't know I usually get things like I'm kind of <laughs> I'm kind of around myself I'm like yeah I kind of I get I get what but they're partially like I don't even know like what they're talking about I don't know what's yeah. happening right now um, yeah and on and in, in my opinion I would say but that's more the movie's fault than yours fault about, about no I agree with because you. I agree with you, yeah. uh but, so that's I I I agree with a hundred percent of all the statements that you made that that's probably that pretty much matches how my experience yeah. with it I think I was a bit more bored watching it sure. yeah. because uh, because the pacing just made it feel like it was like an hour it longer than it actually was. Like in so the last that, half of it, it slows the fuck down. Yeah. So that made it so that the things that I did really love about it, namely the visuals, the filmmaking, right. you know, some of the comedy, the performance elements of the performance. Uh, yeah, of I think Christoph great. Waltz yeah. did. He did a really good job, but he had some really shit situations to work with, and yeah. they didn't really, they didn't really work. But I don't, I don't blame know. him. You know what's weird is like, yeah, I agree with you. I don't know if he worked for me very well in this movie, which is weird because you know, Christoph Waltz is it an felt- interesting actor. Because if I'm being completely honest with you. I only really enjoy him in Tarantino movies. I've never That's really funny. seen a Christoph Waltz performance where I'm like, yeah. Hell yeah, dude. Like, I I just don't... I think That's really interesting. I never, like, even in the Bond movie, I thought he was bland as fuck in, in Spectre when he played the, the villain. Um, in the Luna Battle Angel, he was, like, fine. Uh... I don't know. Whatever he he he's not really that exciting of an actor to me. Um, yeah, that's really weird interesting because he's won two Oscars, but both the Oscars that he's won were for in those Tarantino films, and I don't yeah. think and I don't know if that's his his agent or you know the, yeah, the roles that he's been picking. But I I've never actually seen a Christoph Waltz performance. 
that blow me away like he did in Django. You know? You know, or, th- that's, or glory that's a really interesting point because that made me realize that I don't know his work outside of those movies. And right. it's clear, like when you see those movies, it's very clear that the talent is not just Dude, like Tarantino 100%. or, not, I mean, or he, not just Christoph Wolf. Both those characters can't be more different than who plays in those movies. You know, like right, who plays right. a, uh, you know, crazy, psychotic Nazi and then like a lovable, like Southern bounty hunter. Cowboy, yeah. Like, yeah. you know, like those are two, he's obviously extremely talented. Yeah, you can't imagine any. I can't imagine anyone else doing those performances either. Like no, he, it was I, just totally him who could pull that yeah. off. But you're really right when you bring that up. That's a really interesting thing. I don't know if the casting of him was necessarily the best decision. I feel like they're not even somebody else who could have played this role. Was but he, again, the was character he is very in, strange. Was it? Was it? Was he also in the the kind of? poke this Christoph Walt mystery a little bit more. Yeah. Was he also in the French Dispatch? He yeah, was he had a like scene in that. A scene, yeah. But I'm just thinking about that because I responded to his presence in that one. Oh, too. I didn't even so respond some... to that. I, I oh, wow, that's more... interesting. Oh yeah. I mean, the, the more I, that was a performance where I watched I'm like, why is he even here? And then he like what? Yeah. I was like, this is a two time Academy Award nominated actor <laughs> that is in the scene. I think he has three lines. And they're not even yeah. They're not even like. They're like, hey, how was your day today? Like it was shit like that. It was like there was yeah, like, right. it was, you had no like real like moments in the movie. You know, like I never, I don't really remember him in that film at all. I just know he yeah. did it. You know. Yeah. I'm not saying. Well, that... Listen, I'm not saying he's a city actor or anything. No, I just I, think I, his career that... isn't very. I just he hasn't he hasn't. Um, I don't know. Just get the wrong roles or, or something. I don't know. No, I I think that that's fucking fascinating, and I think that that's really accurate. And it's I'm gonna I'm gonna be thinking about that more about how yeah. that kind of works because it definitely has that phenomenon here. Because you know what? How how his performance in this felt to me was sort of like when you see someone else do a screen test for Indiana Jones. It's like it's like okay. You're kind of beating yeah, around totally, the bush yeah. of this like, character, think, but you're not you're like, quite okay. the right person for this. Yeah, right. I kind of agree with you. I think that I don't know who I would have cast. I'm not a casting director. I don't. I don't know. Hard job. You know, it's a very hard job. I think casting directors are some of like the most unsung heroes in, in cinema. You know, but I think that I don't know who I would have cast in this role. But the thing is, what's weird is like I think all the other performances are pretty great. Like, I thought Galen Fluellis, who is a, you know, an amazing character actor who plays Joby in this movie, who's basically... Yeah, like, he was boss. really fun. He's an incredible actor, and he's like, you know, he's one of those um, reliable, just amazing British actors, you know, who played, you know, obviously he's most known for playing Lupin in the, in the Harry Potter films. Um, yeah. But he is so funny and fun in this movie. And um, Lucas Hedges was fine. He's a weird character. Bob was a very strange character. Um, and he was weird. Um, but, you know, okay, presence, you know. Matt Damon shows up, which is uh, really bizarre. Uh, and uh, that was also a role where I was like, oh, Matt Damon, huh? 
could play yeah. this role. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, that it was, was a weird strange. choice. I did like that. His character was an element the I was really into. Yeah, the management. Yeah, yeah, I was yeah. really into that, and I liked how his clothes blended in with the background. Didn't really have much of yeah. like a point to that character, but the whole vibe yeah. and concept around that was like that's compelling to me. I yes. like where this could go or yeah. what this could be. And yeah. I and thought then, Matt that, Damon. I thought that was, was like pretty. The, yeah, the weakest part of the movie, like the. The way the got went, like the way the got, like the whole, the, like the inner workings of like what the zero theorem is, like what it's like, dude, I, what, yeah, like right, right, like, right. It was more well, of like let's... the thing that I responded to more was like more of like the um the emotional journey of uh I'm gonna call him Quinn because it's a really funny bit in this movie that yeah, they keep getting yeah. wrong, but Quinn uh is kind of dealing with and I like the idea okay this is this will make you laugh so earlier I don't know if we were recording that but I mentioned that there's a there's a part of this movie that if the pandemic didn't happen I would not have responded as part of this movie I found this movie kind of just like allegory for working from home and there's like this that's interesting I was watching this and I'm like if this came out today I'm sure that people would respond to this idea of like, because he is this guy who is kind of unclear why he's so fucking bizarre in, in the beginning yeah. of this movie. But so psychotic. Yeah, he's basically like, I want to go home. I want to like. <laughs> yeah. Be which left is alone. Like, which is straight. Which is, you know, I get it, but like, I don't know. I don't know. It was that part of the character was very bizarre to me, and I still don't quite understand when he's like he refers to himself as like we and us and you know like there's almost like a you know he always has like a different personality or something like that um and then ultimately like towards the end when he connects with um the 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 prostitute i guess we'll, we'll call her or the call girl or whatever yeah um, yeah he starts to send that so i guess the idea is that he's kind of becoming like an independent person but so yeah, so he goes, so they give him this job, and he's going psychotic from working from home, because he can't leave, and it's like this, but it's like he's on a computer, and he's doing one London task over London task of, like, finding this, you know, I just thought that that was, like, a funny, like, connection to, like, the pandemic, you know, and, like, not even the pandemic, but, like, post-pandemic for how people are working from home and, and the, the stresses of, of working from home that people have had, you know? Yeah. And I thought yeah, that was a pretty funny um, connection to that also, you know? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think that that is pretty interesting, and it was pretty affecting to think about, like, the 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 isolation struggles that he was he was dealing with in there and this yes. prob- this, yeah. this problems of being able to deal with deal with other people that was all that was all very very uh kind of an interesting theme uh theme theme throughout which kind of gets colored in a more relatable way because of the pandemic i did that didn't occur to me when i was watching it at all but uh i i totally i totally see that i totally see that um i want to kind of start talking picking apart some more of the story themes and really kind of express some of my thinkings of why I don't think it works that well. Yeah. Because I, uh, 
I, I like all these visual elements. It's really interesting because it's like, man, there's all of these sparks of creative things that I'm interested in, yeah. but they're not coming together. I wonder why. And it's just like, I also wonder why when thinking about Brazil, because Brazil's a very interesting watching experience because you yeah. watch it and it's not like you understand what's happening, but by the end, you're like, whoa, that meant something. Oh, I don't yeah. know what, but that definitely right. meant something. Right. This movie did, like had none of that. It was so flat when you got to the there's, end of that. Yes. Well, I think that what you're explaining, I think that the biggest prophecy is that in Brazil, not to spoil it, but there is a, a big part of that movie that is a driving, like, there's a part of that movie that is a legitimate, like, thriller. You know, just like, there is a, uh, a point to that film, there's a driving nature to that movie that is, like, propulsing throughout the whole film, you know? This doesn't have that. Like, this is very no, much like, no, um, no. and what's weird is, like, um, this is, like, to me, and I guess I'll kind of, like, explain kind of, like, what I thought this movie was, like, kind of about in, like, some way. It was, like, I kind of found this movie to be, like, more of a takedown of, like, corporate, you know, um, companies and, like, how, um, because there's this line where they talk about the Zero Theorem. And then, like, this kind of, like, negates, like, what the Zero Theorem, like, turned out to be at the end. Which, I, which again, like, I don't, I, it might not, I don't know. But I kind of saw it as, like, this funny kind of, like, almost, like, allegory for... Because they talk about how there's no point to the Zero Theorem. Like, the, the, the thing that he's trying to find, you know or, you know, collect all this data for the Zero Theorem, there is no point to it. It's like finding, you know, it's like the emptiness of, like, nothingness, you know? And I just thought that that was, like, interesting relating it to, like, cubicle work and kind of, like, how kind of almost, like, mundane and, like, repetitive and to feel like that there is, you're literally, like, what am I even doing? You know, like, is there even a point to any of the work that I'm doing? So, I kind of found, like, I don't know if that was the point of it, but I kept thinking, I was like, I feel like, <laughs> like, I'm getting, like, more of the satirical aspect of, like, corporate, um, just, like, entities in general. Um, right. And then, but ultimately, it kind of turns into, like, kind of this movie about, like, connection, right, and, and loneliness in the second half, when there's almost this, like, romance sparks between, um, Clem and, um, the call girls. I was, like, a weird name, Beatrix or something like that. I think um, it's Bainsley, isn't yeah. it? Bainsley, yeah, you're right. And, um, that, I thought, was just, like, not as interesting as, like, almost, like, this, like, descent into madness that was happening with him where he was like just I agree. going crazy and but there again there is this like kind of interesting kind of a thing with the announcement of the apple vision and stuff like that where you know this was 10 years ago vr was still like a very like small kernel it was interesting to see like it tackled vr in this way where like how he literally uses VR as an escape, you know, like, and steers away from work, and, like, it's almost like this, uh, you know, um, and all these, all the corporate people are trying to get him not to do this, and, like, with Tilda Swinton's character, which 
I thought it was hilarious. She's like the fucking. She's uh, pretty goofy. Uh, yeah. At one point, she raps, which is just incredible. Uh, Kill Swift rapping is just fucking <laughs> funny as shit. Uh, but how they try to suppress like him like using like all these like other vices, you know, which like you see these corporate companies kind of like just it, I don't know. It, I saw it as just like manipulation, you know. Um, yeah. But. Yeah, ultimately, it's just, like, I didn't care at all about, like, like, why do I even really care about what he's doing, you know? It's just Absolutely. Like, and it's yeah, just, like, that's the problem. okay, like, I, if you wanted to make a, a romance movie about this idea of connection in this type of world, in this, like, you know, fucked up, Brazil-esque, you know, suppress the poor, suppress, you know, the, the slaves that work for this big, seems like, you know, this Amazon-type company that runs fucking everything, and, like, people like this that work for those companies feel alienated, lonely, and using this, like, VR kind of thing, and wanted to make a movie about connection, I'm all for that, but I think it gets, like, really complicated when... He almost like feels like a, he needs to like inject this like sci-fi element to it, where it's like I don't care about the the inner workings of the management. Like I just I don't I I'm more interested in like what the characters were going through, you know. And they and the characters seem like they didn't care about that either, you know. Yeah, so I'm like, yeah. why would I care if the people were watching doesn't care? Like part of Quinn's character is that he gets so distracted he doesn't even care about like at one point he just stops working and you're like well, yeah well what happened to the conflict of the, the whole first half of the movie like it's like he works himself so hard at the sort of computer and it's almost like the management didn't care and then they, and then they sent ben who's like this 15 year old kid to yeah. help him out and it's like i'm so confused at like the world like because i'm like why did they just let this happen you know like yeah so that part was very strange to me and i didn't quite get that yeah (laughs) yeah yeah i think that 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 also articulated a lot of the very similar how i felt about that and how my movie experience was i i think that the biggest problem here is that this is a draft of the script that has ideas that I'm all very interested in and be very interested in seeing how it developed. But the script needed like two to three to four more drafts before you shot the movie. Because it's like, it's like, it's just messy. It's just messy. It's like, I'm interested in this question. Like, what is the purpose of life? How do you get yeah. out of a situation where your life feels pointlessness? How do yeah. you overcome that? You know, yeah. how what if you are doing a mathematical equation that proves that life is meaningless? <laughs> yeah. What do you do if you can prove that? You know, yeah. these are all questions that yeah. I'm interested in and entertained by. But the way that this was, it didn't go anywhere. It didn't yeah. have any trajectory like it felt. And I think as you were talking about that, I think the biggest problem, this the, 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 to put the problem in simplest words possible for me is that you had the introduction, which was kind of messy already because the main character, there's problems with the main character. Maybe it was because the casting of Christoph Waltz, maybe it was some other yeah. underlying things, but I had trouble resonating with the character from the beginning, even though yeah. I really wanted to, but I had trouble with it, yeah. you know, kind of getting on board with him. Yeah, so that was a trouble yeah. that made the train kind of get 
hard yeah. time getting moving. And you set up the yeah. thing with the zero theorem, and then you pivot to the Bainsley storyline, which right. honestly, I was like not interested in at all. Like I was interested in it in terms of a concept, but right. in terms of the execution and the chemistry yeah. and the yeah, relationship yeah, yeah. between the character, it was just like this is just not that compelling. It's just yeah. not that good to me. You didn't like the that idea... she's like kiss my finger and she sucked it. You didn't like that part. <laughs> uh, I mean, I liked it for certain reasons, but maybe not for like a like movie reasons. Who was that? She was beautiful. Who ever played a? I don't know, but I I, I, I did her her performance was good. I thought she was uh, really good at the movie, yeah. Like she brought right, something the to it. it just, weird as hell. Just did not, again, it though, didn't click for me. But again, though, I don't know if like it's weird because it is supposed to be awkward because it is like you know she's not you know for a lot of it like not actually. I mean, it's weird. You're right. It does feel boring. Like it, it just That's a, doesn't. That, it just doesn't. You know, like. Th- th- yeah, and that would be that would be my point, or I guess counter argument to that, because I agree with that too. Where it's just like I think it's good to make the relationship awkward and weird because it's a weird relationship. Right. It's not like you're. It's not like a. It's not supposed to be like a romance, you know. Yeah. Oh my, oh my heart. <laughs> like said, I wish I was in that relationship. I don't think it was supposed to be that. But yeah. the bigger problem is what you just said. It says, I just found it boring, and it's well, just like I don't think like you don't get you don't understand why she's even attracted to him in any way like you're like what mm-hmm. what about this guy like you never really understood that i never understood like why well, is this even started you know like and i i also don't <laughs> understand i can understand from a point of like motivation but the reason why she was hired in the first place is kind of like what well, again, was the point of that, that? point yeah that's the point earlier it's like i don't get like why are they so it's like are they are they genuinely trying to help him like the management, like help him get his job done, and like maybe this will help, and and like it's very strange, it's very like it's weird because it's like the stakes of it feel so empty because you have like yeah this, uh, yeah yeah you're like what is the threat here? What is the threat? Yeah. There is no threat, you know. Yeah. Ultimately, I think what Jerry Big T wanted to make is more of a character piece you know about this lonely guy in this kind of world luckily it's totally okay but you're right i think in order to like make that as tight as possible probably would have had a few more passes in the script and kind of like fleshed out some of the relationships and cut out a lot of the honestly like lumbo jumbo i hate to say the lumbo jumbo but it is kind of lumbo jumbo you know where it's yeah like, it yeah, doesn't yeah really matter you know and like the yeah. idea you're right the idea of the zero theorem which i talking about it, it i it's weird because i think i just watching it i was like i don't get this but this is goofy and so i'm like kind of like entertained and like the terry gilliam like i just like his choices gonna be in the way yeah, that, you I, know but uh, yeah, you're, it's I, very flawed it's a very flawed film but yeah. you're right because like this idea of the zero theorem like this idea of like yeah like if you can prove that nothing matters it's kind of interesting but they don't go with that idea and then at the end right. ultimately i found the zero theorem to almost like represent like he chooses to like uh, uh, like die in some way, or or live 
in this, in this, like, uploading, seems like he uploaded his consciousness or something to the, to the VR, is now that he lives there, you know, the last, and, like, that idea, again, is, is interesting, the idea of, like, actually setting yourself free and breaking yeah. the chains from, from this obvious fucked up environment that you're in. But it's like, it never really earns it. Never really gets there, you know? Right, right, right. I 100% agree. I 100% agree. And I think uh, as I keep chewing on it and as we're talking about it, it's like I can think of a lot of things I could say about that would make it better, but I don't feel like that none of them quite fit. Because like I could say that there wasn't enough significance in it or it didn't have enough through line or there yeah. wasn't enough conflict or things like that. But at the end of the day, I felt like what the big problem was for me is that this didn't feel like real characters making real decisions. It didn't yeah. feel like real yeah. people making yeah. decisions. Yeah. Yeah. It right. felt like a writer yeah. saying, yeah. do this, then yeah. do this, then yeah. say that, and then talk to this person. Right. Then go here, and now you're here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, okay... Sure, you're telling you're you are dictating things the, that are in your mind, and it's now the only Joby's character felt like he felt lived in this world. He felt kind he of did. like he felt like he existed in this in this weird world, and I felt like it's true. He felt very spontaneous, and he felt like when they went to the party, fucking I laughed throughout that whole sequence. That whole sequence was funny as shit. When he right. opens the door and he's wearing a big teddy bear outfit <laughs> and like everyone the party's just weird as fuck like, it's so weird and then they like give them like a like a piece of food and he starts like choking on it and then they like it's such a weird scene and then he meets the management playing on that game which halfway through that scene I did not know that guy was that game and I was like yeah that's funny it's funny I was watching I was like this is someone I know <laughs> And then they do the close and I'm like, that's fucking Matt Damon. I was like, what the fuck is going on? That's um, so funny. That's I was like, so how did funny. I not realize that that was Matt Damon for like half of the scene? But, um, but yeah, that, that felt lived good. And also, like, seeing the outside world, you don't see that a lot in this movie. You only see, like, that, and then there's that one scene where they go out into the and then the street, and then the end, it's like, it's just bad. Uh, when they, uh, for some reason, are like, let's go for a walk. They're like, what? Yeah, and on, like, on the park it, bench? It was like, it, that part of the script is just like, we, I, uh, that, that's like, when you do another draft, you're like, what is this scene? And then you just delete Yeah, what are we doing like, here? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And like, there's a point to it, kind of, where, like, Doug, like, at that point, like, tells him, you know, like, you can have, like, if you really needed that, you could have done that in a, a way better effective way than, than having them just, like, it's like, that scene could have been a one line of dialogue that yeah. you could have written in a better way, instead of a, a boring six-minute scene. The only thing yeah. I liked about that scene was when they went and sat on a, first of all, the hat that he was wearing was fucking hilarious. It was like, <laughs> it was like this. You know, and he put sunglasses right, on. Right, yeah, sideway hat and then, with the sunglasses. Uh, and yeah. then, uh, but also they sat on the park bench, and I really like the set design. I'm like, you see all these dull signs, and it's like literally don't yeah. do anything. Like that yeah. made me laugh. Um, and then Terry Gilliam, you know, dystopian. Very terrible Yeah. Um, which I liked. It was the only I like redeemable thing about that 
soon. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think you're right. I think this movie could have been a lot kinder um, than a really right, interesting idea you know. And and that's kind of the, the you know, the, the, I'll say, heartbreaking thing about it, because I also agree with what you're saying, is that there's moments or there's qualities about it that, that really do feel like something could be there. Like, yeah. this could really develop into something. And especially because it's like, I've seen Brazil, I know what you can do, right. and I know that you're good with these ideas, yeah. and that if you took them to fruition, that it would yeah. be something amazing. I right. wish this movie was that, and uh, it, didn't, it didn't quite get there. But like you made me think early, very early on in the conversation, the point about the low budget and being really restricted to that house, you know, uh-huh. I think was kind of a bigger problem, like looking at it. Like they yeah. did a lot with that smaller budget. Like right. it's an impressive looking movie for a small budget right. uh, or a medium budget, I guess. Yeah. But um, it really, you know, I was thinking about, I was thinking about how this character reminded me of Bo and Bo is afraid and about how like, um, like another kind of unlikable person who turns into an, un- a very likable character to mm, kind of go yeah, on sure. a journey with. Yeah. And I was just thinking, trying to, you know, just thinking about that, about how, I mean, one of the things about Bo was just how much of a crazy visual adventure it was. And yeah. this didn't have that crazy kind of stimulation going on throughout it. Um, and yeah, it really is, relied really on, yeah. and it, it really relied more on like the individual experience of the characters, you know, yeah. and they, they just did not have that enough of that for me. Just not yeah, quite. I mean, the side the, characters were more appealing. Yeah. I agree. But the, the girl thing is kind of an interesting point. I guess I, I think I kind of know what you're saying. I think, well, yeah, I mean, I think the, the idea I mean, yeah, I mean, it's the idea of, you know, it's a character arc. The idea of, like, you know, having a guy who's very, like, neurotic, uncomfortable right. about the world, uh, and by the end, accepting, well, it's weird, because I don't think he ever gets there until, like, the last second of the movie, and then he dies. Spoiler! Yeah, spoiler. But, um, <laughs> but uh... With this guy, it's like the transformation feels sudden. It's almost like, um, it's like he has this connection with the girl and he's like, all right, I'm going now. And it's like, uh, um, okay. Uh, I, it just didn't expel. The character was just very, like, the main character, I think, is like a real big problem. Now that I think about it, because it's just so, um, quite a lot to him. Yeah. There just really isn't that much to him, and I never, I never was like interested in what he was necessarily doing or saying. It yeah, was more about the world and kind of like the ideas that what made me like interested in watching the movie was working it out. Um, just the the ideas that they were playing with, with like kind of the themes and the story of it, yeah, it's made it kind of stimulating to me. And also, like I understand that you know, Terry Gilliam is, is you know in his late seventies. I wasn't expecting this movie to be great. Granted, like I never even heard of this Terry Gilliam movie, uh, starring uh Christoph Waltz, really. So that's I, I wasn't expecting anything great. Um, so that probably like walking into it, I was like, 
Oh, this probably isn't gonna be. This isn't gonna be Brazil, you know. Right. So, <laughs> like, I think our expectations were kind of um, maybe kind of enjoyed it a little more. Cause I was just like, oh, I really didn't know like what this was. But um, yeah, very flawed movie. And it makes sense that um, it's uh, it got like very like mixed reactions when it came out, and it didn't um, make any pop because it, it is like very like it is far from accessible also like it's not like a movie yeah you know what i mean yeah. like it's like uh i really recommend to somebody if they love terry Gilliam's work because it is interesting to see i i always love watching players that i love watching their films you know until the end you know i think it's um it's always interesting to see like how they like evolve or de-evolve or agreed evolve yeah, in agreed. some dramatic way uh, that was the that was the only reason I would recommend this movie to you. Um, if you haven't seen Brazil yeah, or, or Twelve Monkeys, I mean, watch those movies, and I think you'll get mostly the same things that this movie will give you. Um, yeah, it doesn't have yeah yeah it doesn't have a lot. The of only other... thing that I did think, like I said earlier, that I thought was unique was that um that connection to the pandemic and also kind of the the satirical nature of just like the management and like what he was doing and and just kind of like the funny nature of like how almost like um just controlling he felt and just lonely he felt within this corporate environment was like very you know um you know interesting uh to see but yeah ultimately i think all these ideas don't come together and are just like kind of like a soup of ideas, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All, uh, all, which is, yeah. Not a good soup. Yeah, which it feels like, <laughs> it, it's funny because it's like, it's like a soup with, it's like all this is good ingredients. It's yeah. like you, you paid, you spent yeah. the money on getting a good ingredients, but this is bad soup, which is weird. It movies, shouldn't be like that. Movies are hard. Yeah. Movies are I hard think, as shit. I think it really is that problem with the main character's trajectory yeah. and character arc throughout it. Because I, when I'm thinking about Bo again, what makes Bo so likable to me to watch is yeah. how well, he's constantly... His performance is crazy, yes. but he's all his character's always being pushed, and Bo is always finding right. a way in his own bizarre Bo way yeah. of getting through it. You know, getting to the next step, coming along the coming along the other uh, the other side. Uh, and He's always, he's always, and it's I don't not know if he ever always. Gets through. He usually just gets like punched in the face or something, and then has to like run away or something. But that's getting past <laughs> the obstacle. That counts. Sure. That's what makes yeah. Bo so interesting sure. to me. Is that yeah. he doesn't do it elegantly like Indiana yeah. Jones. He's a miserable hero. He's yeah. terrible at it. But yeah. he gets through it. He gets to the end of the movie. You know, <laughs> and that's kind of why I yeah. like Bo so much. Right. And so he kind of has like this weird. And you're right. He doesn't have like the really cathartic transformation. No. It's a depressing nihilistic ending. You know, it's, it's pretty. Yeah. It's it, it's a bummer. Yeah. But the, and this movie is another movie in a tone like that where it's like I'm cool with nihilistic shit. It's yeah. just that he didn't have a transformation. I know the point where you wanted me to feel like he had a transformation, yeah. but it did not happen. Yeah, it was are, not believable. Work. Are, it didn't work. There. Yeah. So it is yeah. when when you and so that's that's kind of the problem when you when you latch a movie to a character like that, then all the good ingredients, it doesn't matter how good the ingredients are. It just doesn't come together, really. Yeah. Um, well, so that's kind of... Impossible. 
<laughs> that's kind of that's kind of a bummer. But I mean, at the end, I, again, there's a lot of things that there's a lot of qualities about this film that are really great and like, yeah. like set to guy Listen, choices any, and, sh- and filmmaking choices. Directed by Terry Gilliam and, and you know conceived um, set design wise is not. I mean, this is better looking than a lot of more interesting looking than a lot of like science fiction. With this budget, with a five million dollar budget, like this movie had, um, absolutely. Like, I mean, the what he was able to accomplish, like visually, is still really impressive, and he probably wouldn't have been able to do that if he wasn't seventy-five. You know, had all this experience of like building this world with like no money. You know, like very yeah. little money, and um, that that's um impressive aspect to it, and also any movie where Tilda Swinton is like rapping and is like a therapist. Yeah, it's pretty, pretty, pretty funny. You know, <laughs> pretty, pretty interesting to watch. <laughs> right, um, right, right. So but it's, it's, it's not a know, total waste, but I think as no. big Terry Gilliam fans, it's like, yeah, exactly, exactly disappointing. I'm glad that I watched it because I think I'm, I, I just, I am too. I, I do love. I just love. Sci-fi movies are also, I think, might be the hardest genre to make. Because the ideas in a good sci-fi movie are so broad. Like, they always start with, like, broad, like, crazy, out-there ideas that are, like, hard to nail down. Not only to, like, even conceptualize, but also to, like, translate it to an audience, you know? That's a whole other thing. So there's, like, coming up with a sci-fi concept that's unique and different in a world that's different, and then the whole other side of it where it's actually, oh, you actually have to execute this idea and translate these ideas to an audience that are most likely, in a great science fiction movie, like, foreign to a lot of movie-going audiences. That's why something mm-hmm. like Ex Machina is so um, profound because it's like it's dealing with like these really big ideas and AI and um, you know stuff like that and like doing it in a way that is accessible to a large group of audience, a, a large audience, and they totally got it and they're in it, you know, and they do right, a hundred percent, hundred percent. You know, I I appreciate this movie a lot for fucking going for it. You know, it has like weird big ideas in it and and uh ideas that are that are that are hard to to translate to an audience to make it make sense, you know? Like right. it's hard. Right. Yeah. You know? Right. And I mean I mean the other thing is that in terms of film history, Ridley Scott and Terry Gilliam himself has kind of fucked all future sci fi movies yeah. for setting a golden standard of right. what we expect those worlds to look like. Blade right. Runner is so immersive and so yeah. sci-fi, you yeah. know, but to do that is insane work to Crazy. bring that to yeah. the real life screen. Yeah. And there's been problems where if like like that practical set design, you know, is something that like I yeah. crave deeply in my sci-fi films right. that we're, we're still on a modern context or struggling to kind of achieve that, that pe- in my opinion, that pinnacle of stuff, yeah. which is hard to enter into that genre. Like you're so yeah. right. Oh, yeah. And not to, so from just a production standpoint, but also yeah. like the complicated writing points that you're making. So, 
You're right. Yeah. The 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 fact I I do really appreciate this as being a creative sci-fi movie, yeah. and I wished I liked watching it more because right. I love sci-fi movies. Right. But um, it I, I got a lot out of it's it's definitely just like one of those movies. It's like I don't see myself watching this again. Oh no, yeah, definitely. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll watch like a. There's Clip like movie. some ideas in it. There's like some visual stuff in it that I might like come back to I and look at. Like I did really think the the cubicle stuff was really funny. Just I like, agree. I like that. The the way like some of the like ideas of like how people were working in this world just made me laugh pretty hard. Yeah. I mean, he really also, had like a Wii U gamepad. That's what he was like. Yeah, yeah it's pretty yeah. funny. I also like the big like management computer with all the tubes and shit. Yeah, I don't really understand totally, what yeah, that was. Totally. Like, oh, like I, the no, shot no, of that. It's yeah. like, it's like, I love that sci fi. I'm yeah, into that. Totally. I like looking at that. <laughs> yeah. It was very like dystopian, like steampunk, you know, they're like very, you know, yeah. Uh, it, it was really cool. Um, very yeah, 12 right, monkeys, too. Is it my turn? Is this your yeah. turn? Yeah. Okay. Like yeah, her. this was my spin. So now, oh. uh, now it's your spin. Get us, get us a, get us a juicy one. Zero, I'm ready for something zero. juicy. This might be the, I don't know. This might be the, the, um, the least known movie that we've <laughs> talked about so far. Well, there we go. It's probably, probably Lone Wolf, probably. Yeah, do um, you feel like Slither? Do you think people know Slither? I think so. Yeah. You think, I think so? I think, okay. I think James Gunn, especially now, you know. Right, I, I, feel I like guess like with people Guardian. People probably went back. That's exactly what we did. You know, we went and watched it because, oh, James Gunn. He's a, he's right, he's, right, 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 right. Yeah, I'm right. sure that, that this, people know that. <laughs> that's funny. A bit of a deep cut, the zero thing. No one, <laughs> anyone, yeah, anyone, yeah, no one, <laughs> 22-year-old, like, who the hell is Terry Gilliam? Who are you um, talking about? Okay, so, wow, okay. So, a movie called Terrorizers. This is a Chinese film directed by Edward Yang. Oh yeah. No, wait, Yang. is that terror, terror, terrorizer like the 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 horror film with the no, 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 no. <laughs> terror. Oh, wait, what are you? Are you thinking Terrifier with the yeah, cloud? Yeah, that's what. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, no, it's called Terrorizers. Uh, directed by Edward Yang, Chinese film. Okay. My sister gave this four and a half out of five stars, so that's probably why okay. I, I uh, added that. Uh, okay. Who killed Captain Alex? Have you heard about this movie? No. This is a hour-long movie. I think it's on YouTube by a Nigerian filmmaker who makes like these super low-budget, crazy oh, action movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think like Vice did like a pro. They're like like a video, a documentary about him on Vice or something that like you might have seen. Um. We have Ralph Basky's The Lord of the Rings, his adaptation oh. of The Lord of the Rings. That's on my watch list. I want to watch that. Ooh, and Tombstone. I've seen Tombstone. The Tombstone is really good. Um, I haven't watched That's it movie, in years. Yeah. Is, uh, is Tombstone the one that our buddy uh, Pantomos' dad made, or am I thinking of a different movie? Oh, yeah. Because Locked. Cause Lockhouse? Yeah, yeah, his dad. Yeah, yeah, dude. yeah, yeah. yeah. Two songs, awesome. Kurt Russell, Gal Kilmer. I really wanted to watch awesome Western too. Badass. All right, I'm gonna spin the wheel again. Got to know what the other four is. Well, this is a good four. This is a good <laughs> four. 
Mellon starring oh, Nicholas Cage. That would be really interesting to talk about, actually. That the, would be the, very the, interesting. Have, the, have you seen that? Uh, no. I don't okay. think so. I know I of it. Like, I've, I've seen, like, clips of it year, like, years ago. Okay, and then 2020, The Night House was, like, a horror movie that came out in 2020 that apparently okay. was pretty great. Um, okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Gemini Man. Yeah. Stars 2. <laughs> Uh, there's a couple reasons I have to explain myself. So <laughs> yeah, what I like action movies, I like action movies, and I love uh-huh. Will Smith, obviously. As a movie star, not as a guy. He's <laughs> a, a, a man on stage. But uh, it's directed by Ang Lee, who's a really interesting filmmaker. And I don't mm-hmm. know anything about Gemini Man, but there, if we watch, if I choose Gemini Man, we are, we have to watch the high frame rate version. Yeah, it's like 120 shot... frames per second. <laughs> yes. And I was like, that sounds like the dumbest idea ever conceived by a filmmaker. So like, yeah. I have to see that. Um, and then we have, I'm leaning towards this one, to be honest. The Cab and Mrs. Miller. This is a very iconic Western directed by Robert Altman that um, stars what Warren Beatty and uh, Julie Christie. Very iconic. I think I saw, like, uh, well, I've always wanted to watch this because Robert Altman's a filmmaker that I really, really like. He's a bit of a G. But, um, Mark Maron, that great comedian, was on the Criterion Closet, and he, like, picked it. It was like, this is, he was like, this is my favorite movie probably ever. And just, like, him talking about it, like, made me really want to watch it. Um, yeah, but, that sounds cool. <laughs> just because I think it would be fun, let's keep going. Let's do Knowing, oh, shit. Starring, okay. starring Nicholas Cage, directed by Alex Proyas, who's the filmmaker behind iRobot, The Crow, and uh, Dark City. I've never seen Dark City. I've heard he made Dark, Dark City, too? Dark City, what the yeah. fuck? Wow, that's funny. Okay. Okay, then, I'm uh, in. Oh, and then he made the greatest movie of all time, one of the worst movies I've ever seen in my life. Gods of Egypt. I think that was the last movie that he made. That is on. That's on the list of some of the worst movies ever made. The Gods it's of Egypt. The funniest movie. It is a definition of a train wreck, but it is so. It. I would say it's so bad that it's like good. Fucking funny yeah. shit. Yeah. 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 Anyway. Yeah. All right, let's do that. Let's oh, do knowing. Okay, knowing. That's going to be... This will, this will be, be fun. <laughs> uh, we'll, see, see we'll see how that goes. No, I haven't seen it. Okay. I just know the lore, man. I just know the lore. We'll, we'll, get, we'll crack there's into a, that egg. lore? <laughs> I, I, I have a bit of lore behind knowing a little okay. bit. Uh, but but we'll, we'll, we can crack right. into that Looks for next fun. episode. All right, um, friends. Yeah, that's, that's it. That was episode nine of the movie quest. Bye, uh, baby. That's, that's all we have for you. Get out. Next one. (laughs) Bye. Bye. (laughs) Get out.